Borak Dograth. Let's. My name is Connor, alongside my friend Fox. It's the 174th episode oh, of Space. Yeah, that's right. Listen. Oh God. <laughs> of Space Spinner 2000, the podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering 2000 AD for December 1987. Progs 551 to 554. This Ooh. time. Chopper takes on the storm. Warlock and Humunculus are reunited. The Strontium Dogs are judged. Bradley has some adventures. And there's a new member of Bad Company. And it's a lady. Ooh la la. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. It's a lady. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files 11, Strontium Dog, SD Agency Files 4, The Complete Bad Company, and Nemesis the Warlock, Book 2. Oh, man. It's a good time. Except for, uh, I mean, there was a stinker in here. A little bit of a smell. So, you know, ups and downs, end of the year, you know, crazy stuff happening. I mean, she's beautiful. This is not mm. a trash. This is not a trash yeah. month. Speaking of things that claim to be but might not be that bad, it's oh. through one bad company. Bad company! A lot of singing. Script robot Peter Milligan, art robot Brett yeah. Ewens, and Jim McCarthy letting robot Tom Frame. I love how this starts out from the last time where it's like, oh, he's going to poke himself, and it's like, oh, no. I'm not going to poke myself. <laughs> it's such a pretty, fake out. Pretty classics comic comic uh, cliffhanger here. No, it's <laughs> like, just like, know. come on, man. Just stab yeah. yourself. Totally. Yeah, uh, elite member Dayran's scene has been challenged by pain boy Rackman to use the cruel Wheel of Fortune, which is this spiked disc with one half full of deadly poison. And, Rans- and Racine's sweating bullets and eventually goes full Vizzini, like, you know... <laughs> Figuring out, like, like trying to guess and double guess and stuff like that. But you, you know? had the spike that was in front of you. And I had the spike that was in front of me. You could not give it to me because you knew I'd be too clever. But you could not give it to you knowing that you would die, etc. Um, <laughs> um, Love that film. Of, of, oh, yeah. Princess Bride. Uh, mm. Key mm. Conrad. Um, um, thing. The book's real good. And there's uh, a Judge Dredd a t-shirt, I believe, in the background. Of, he uh, said to print, blathe. Of, uh, <laughs> anyway. To bluff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, after, after Rancine decides eventually that he's not going to do it, Rackman uses the wheel on a nearby two-headed Ooh. lizard to show its effectiveness. That lizard was innocent! I know! <laughs> this, like, just his only crime was being adorable. Yeah. Um, this causes a deep rift in the group, and Bad Company is once again full of arguing psychos. Good Yay. times. It wouldn't be the same if it weren't everybody just, I mean, not getting along, I guess? Yeah, it's like a D&D group of where where everybody is works the same office. There's a lot of underlying tension going on inside yeah. the party. <laughs> and action figurable, you know. Oh yeah, well listen, got to be toyetic even if those terms haven't been invented yet in 1987. Oh, 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 oh. They're getting close though. It's true. I mean, I'm sure like the process is still or actually it probably has been like invented in 1987. Oh wait, we're, yeah, because we we have the He-Man f- the fucking yeah. movie poster so I, it has happened. I just I associate the term so closely with uh, that with the movie Batman and Robin, I guess, uh, that I forget that it was probably coined during the action figure wars of the early 80s. So, I, I mean, you know. specifically on He-Man. Like, that was the one. 
Yeah. So, um, meanwhile, Fox, on another world, <gasps> Kano is remembering his time on Ararat, arguing with Danny Franks about what was in the box. And as we recall, <laughs> it was half of his brain, which was weird yeah. last time. <laughs> and what we then later yeah. found out, it wasn't actually half of his brain. It was just half of some other guy's brain. Yeah, sorry. Half half of a brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, we see... Uh, last time, we uh, Kano noted that the crew are changing, and Bad Company seems to notice them as well as they're fighting some. The Protoid, a big, the uh, big fat alien that can shape change and is a cool ship, explains that every six hundred years or so, some kind of cent of central cruel thing, the cruel heart, begins to die and then transmogrifies into a new body, and this changes the nature of the cruel through telepathic biological d- dictatorship. Yeah, and I mean, they, he kind of explains this by saying, like, at all all protoids were from a single cell organism, and then each time it splits, you know, uh, which apparently yeah, they... takes about a hundred years since there's six cell splits. They were they were around the last time. They all share a memory. I mean, it's some cool sci-fi stuff, you know. Yeah, some base, some really baseline um, Stellaris going on here. <laughs> yeah, they. They, they took the hive mind upgrade. You know, mm-hmm. it's good. You get some bonuses, but you don't get fun uh, factions or whatever. That's um, true. <laughs> so, um, anyhow, keep all this cruel heart stuff in mind, Fox. Just I put mean, it on the back burner. I put it right in my little pocket saying like, okay, well, this is going to be a thing and probably Kano. Exa- uh, we'll see. For now, though, it means <laughs> that the cruel are easier to trick as the protoid takes on a cruel form and enters their camp as Mad Tommy discusses the ephemeral illusions of time. Not now, buddy. Come on, um, dude. <laughs> Wax philosophical later. Where's yeah. your? Where is his plucky English wartime uh, yeah, ways go? Where's your? Where's your blitz spirit, buddy? I know. Uh, Mac is skeptical of the nature of their current squad, but once the shooting starts, it doesn't matter, and things get pretty, and a pretty cool fight breaks out. As mentioned before, Danny doesn't, um, isn't really fighting for anything beyond the love of killing, like we get it, and we see this murder fest bring the team together, so that's pretty awesome. I mean, he really underscores, italicizes, and bolds his whole, like, I don't care thing a lot. You know, he's got sort of one big nihilistic thought, so he keeps coming back to it, you know? Kind of like a Kano. Hmm. As they clean up, Danny rudely asks Protoy to get his ship and pulls a gun when the alien doesn't snap too. They're headed to the planet Broken Hearts to get their final new member. Is he another misfit? Buddy, he's a she. Oh. Um, on the planet Broken Heart, the team fights through the jungle as the narrator talks about being a long time since they saw a full-grown woman, which doesn't really track for me because earlier in this series, we saw a lady base commander that seemed yeah. like a, you know, a decently built lady, and there were several female Kanos at the Kano Club that we went to and stuff I like mean, that. I mean, I guess that they're just wearing Kano stuff, maybe, but, you know, this isn't I mean, like the first woman. No, I'm there with you. This is all, this is yeah. all just, like, selective Listen, if you're desperate enough, you can push through any fetish, Fox. That's a lesson that Conrad can teach anybody. Oh, um, that is, that is, uh, ooh, love to unpack that. <laughs> later on. Yes. These guys, have, yeah. But but anyhow, I'm just saying that, yeah, these guys have been back in society and have seen ladies. Like, it's not, like, it, it's it's less like where they're on air at and it's just dudes. You know, they've been yeah. traveling the, the stars. Yeah. We, we learn that the narrator is Mac and he's talking to himself as we see a shell fly in and land right next to him but not explode. It was a dud. Hey, no problem. This won't come back later. 
Yeah. He pukes in relief and the team arrives in an alien settlement to make and makes their way to a hospital where they find a sexy lady helping an alien invalid. And apparently by touching them, just caressing them and your sweatiness, they're all like, oh, I'm being healed. And really, I feel like that's that feels yeah. like a bit to me right there. You know, like, yeah, human sweat heals them. Nah. Yeah. Come um. on, buddy. You're just like a you're just like a weird. What is it? Hindu Christian lady doing her good vibes at you. I get it. But it's a little yeah. sleazy. You know, yeah. Doing that Reiki or whatever. Oh, um, but it, sh- anyhow, her her name's Shiva and she's in bad company now. You know, yeah, she's been helping these aliens or whatever. Um, and Day Rancine is quick to objectify her, but Danny says she's not just attractive, but is a boom baby able to blow stuff up with her mind. It's specifically just rip them out, like rip apart your atoms of yeah, anything. It's, it's not. Solid. It's not great for anything that has atoms, I guess. Luckily, I'm free because yeah, Adam is my brother, bro. Anyway, just um, call me Matt. Dark matter. I don't. That Whoa. was such a. It was a bad joke. I'd like. I you know, scrape it. You're okay, buddy. Uh, the crew is walking home, and Mac is jealous that Shiva seems to like Danny. And in being concerned with that, he steps on the unexploded shell from earlier. Oh my god! And it's just like I'm waking up, but I have an arm. Oh no, he's got one arm. Shiva tries to comfort him, saying that energy is more important than matter, and his physical arm isn't doesn't matter in comparison to his larger spirit. <laughs> that's um, some that's some subtext there. Yeah, it works for him. I don't know if it will work for me. Um, and while he believes that, it does still make it hard to untie your boots at night with only one hand. Aww, poor guy. Yeah. Kano arrives on the planet All Our Yesterday. All Our Yesterdays, I should say, which is named for either the par- uh, part of a soliloquy in Macbeth. It's part of the one that, you know, also ends with life being a tale told by an idiot and so forth. Okay. Or the uh, penultimate episode of Star Trek, the original series. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah. Kano arrives to find a bunch of cruel attacking the local humans. Um, and when they go to hassle him, he pulls off his face wrapped and everybody is shocked because it's Kano. Oh, yeah. we finally know. Whatever. Um, meanwhile, Danny is worried about Mac and it seems that Day Rancine has been harassing Shiva, which is not cool, jerk. Come on, buddy. Like everyone likes, you know, pretty lady or pretty boy. But you know what you don't do is just go in and just, I, I mean, the, the what yeah. they're talking about here is it's just like, oh, they just don't take no for an answer. I mean, it's just basically like he was coming in for the rape. Yeah, definitely. Not cool. Uh, don't like it. Um, no, bad. Uh, she wants to kill him, but Danny calls her off and she threatens to kill Danny too. But he calls her bluff, saying that he's faced death so many times with bad company. Fate has made him indestructible. Ah, uh, snap, buddy. I mean, I, I, has it? I feel like it hasn't. It's just made mm. him very nihilistic. Possibly. I mean, you could be two things. I feel like... <laughs> honestly, I feel like an indestructible man could become pretty nihilistic pretty easily, you know? That's, that's fair. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kano's staring down the cruel. The local humans think he might be Kano, but can't agree on it or whatever. When suddenly a fight breaks out. Oh, pew, 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 pew. We're cruel yeah. and we're going to shoot you because we are very afraid of Kano. <laughs> As the a little fairy thing that's been uh, from the cover of a Rush album that's been following Kano around tells uh, Kano tell, uh, comes around. Kano, t- Kano tells the human to get clear, but it's no use. Something deep inside him wells up. His eyes go black and he just starts killing everybody. Oh, man. It really kind of he looks sort of like a cruel when he does it. Oh, it's like, mm. you know, maybe there's a connection between him and the heart. I'm just I'm just calling it. 
At the same time, Shiva seems to be unable to kill Danny, pushing herself until she passes out. Well, that Danny, works. Yeah, Danny explains that boom babies always establish a strong personal link with someone, a sort of love, mostly so that boom babies wouldn't like blow up their parents when they're kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny assumed that Shiva felt that way about him, and Max pretty pissed because Danny just basically assumed Shiva was in love with him, and that continues to fuel his bitterness. I mean, look, great use of your context sensi- sensitivity powers, you know? I Man, guess. It does I, seem I just... pretty it does seem pretty presumptuous by Danny, I'd say. Yeah. Um, He's but just I, think I mean, for the wily haired, weird looking dude to be the one, you know. I, but it does I mean, one of the options, I guess he's the best dude on that ship. But yeah. also like um I could see him just not caring if he's got killed also. <laughs> like, yeah, so that is true. I will say, like, at the very least, he's 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 making him himself like within this like structure. He's like, Yeah, or else they'd kill their their parents, like as soon as they get mad. And I'm like, Are you equating like knowing this person for several moments to like it's not the same. This is not and I- and I think also, like, Danny just, like, so far, I think whenever there's been an option that that has a chance to kill you, Danny's taken that option, you know? Like, yeah. With the, uh, with the cruel disc also. It's the same thing where it's like, you know, oh, like, if I die, then what? I, I honestly don't care, which I think is an interesting option. Yeah, of course. He's just t- taking flyers on possible indirect suicide attempts, you know? <laughs> So the team arrives on a give me strength, at least one one planet behind Kano. Mac mm. is skeptical about their mission, and Danny reiterates that he just wants to kill more cruel. He's then snagged by that functionary guy from last episode, and he says the beast was headed to greener pastures and was Whoa. definitely Kano. And he doesn't have his limb, just like they said. They would dock him no, a limb. That's right. Totally lost that leg. Meanwhile, the man himself stands above a high canyon and considers jumping. That's Kano, I should say. Aboard the protoid ship, Danny is discussing the possibility of recruiting Kano back to bad company, and that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, the protoid suggests that Kano is the monster they're they're hunting, and Tommy attacks him. I mean, I sure. <laughs> it's I it's a weird character moment for me, being the guy who like stuffed a different person's brain in a box. Yeah, to keep but whatever. Him from killing him because he's a monster. Yeah, yeah. totally. The protoid fights back, and Danny pulls a gun on him, with Dayran seen backing his play, which is unusual. Mm -hmm. The protoid swallows his anger and walks away, and Danny wonders why. Yeah. They pass some cruel tug ships, easily hiding from them with the protoid ship's chameleon ability. They're headed into the Ryan's skull planet and straight to all our yesterdays. At the same time, Kano's awoken by some townsfolk out for revenge. He tells his fairy buddy... This doesn't seem like a good idea on their part, but fine. No. Yeah, definitely. Like, once a bunch of your buddies have been killed, I think it might just be time to chalk that up to experience and not go that down that way. But <laughs> whatever. He tells his buddy, to, his fairy buddy, to fly off, and then he wades into the humans. This is how it happens. Oh, sorry. Is this how it happens? Mutilated by cruel, snuffed out by humans? Whoa! Next time, bad death on a bad planet. Man, pretty good. I, you know, I things are moving along. A little bit of like hand waviness as you get with kind of bad company, but I, I you know, <laughs> not I'm not disliking it. Right? Like I feel like the team is adequately uh, 
self-inflicting with their pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the narration by Kano and his parts. Like yes. that's pretty interesting of just being really lost and like wondering what your life is. And, and well, and you don't just nature. get the same fucking journal entry over and over again with different words. It's true. I feel like we need some more notes with Danny for sure. Like I would just even all of them, right? Getting different yeah. perspectives. That's why you have the team, right? Yeah, definitely. I think the 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 moments where where we heard from Mac and that one story were, were pretty interesting. Yeah, I definitely love to hear some of these other guys sort of you know yeah just get in their heads for a second. Now that we've now that that camera has been established, it makes sense to use it more to you know spread around and stuff like yeah. that. I sure. feel like it would definitely be helpful for for uh, the comic in general. But don't hate it. Don't hate it. Yeah. It's pretty good. Definitely. Yeah, and and uh, as we talk about stories with multiple different perspectives and timelines, Fox, Ooh. let's check out Thrill Two Strontium Dog. It's a Remy. It's a Remy. I love uh, it. I love a good. <laughs> I love a good uh, 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 page where it's just a bunch of people just you know doing a ballroom blitz at each other. That's such the strength of a Carlos Escara, you know, right? Just draw these full pages of action that are really amazing. Ah, you don't have to read anything; it's just there. People <laughs> totally just bite, like biting each other and punching. Yeah. That's great. Keep fighting. Script robot Alan Grant and John Wagner's Alan Grant. Art robot Carlos Escara. Letting robot Gordon Robson as done quick, and I believe that might mean that like somebody else subbed in at short notice as well, just because mm. like that's usually what happens when you get that, that kind of pseudonym. Um, in lettering pages. Okay, Fox. Oh, it's time for a fight. It's time yeah. for like, and, and not even just a fight. It's time for a, a a a battle royale in the sense of what it meant in the past. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a true WWF before the World uh, Wildlife Federation took that shit down. I mean, Ugh. even in the W. Oh, listen. Like even the WWF, there are a limited rules, and there's often, and there's actually very few times where. There's actually a match where there's like 30 guys in the ring all at once. You know, usually sure. like. I, yeah, it's usually it, like four and then you're tagging in based on submission. Or like they do have a big like battle ro- ro- uh, royale kind of thing, like, like the uh, Royal Rumble. That's yearly, but that sort of starts off with two guys in the ring and then they add a new guy every like min- every 90 seconds for mm-hmm. like, you know, an hour till they have like 30 guys. You know, 30 guys have come in. But there are also people being eliminated as you go and stuff like that. So whatever. Um, Fantastic television. Love a chance to talk about wrestling. <laughs> so, so on the planet Marabellus, Fox, we got a quick rundown of the rules. There are none, mm-hmm. and then the bell rings, <laughs> and the Rammy begins. And I mean, really, it just looks like there's no rules. Well, I mean, for the record, it seems like there are, which are, but well, no guns, just like, right? Yeah, no guns, no like weapons or anything like that. Um, anyway. Fighting in the hundred-person free-for-all are mount are mutant bounty hunters Johnny Alpha and Face McNulty, who organized the whole thing to pull off a bunch of uh, interstellar or, or to pull a bunch of interstellar fugitives that have been hiding in the planet's non-extradition jo- zones to avoid capture. And of course, placing a million credits for themselves, so yeah. they gotta win. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, w- it wouldn't hurt to pick that purse back up, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a big chaotic fight, but as it goes on, Middenface uh, recognizes top the top bounty, uh, the Quasimodo mob up in the bleachers. Oh, they yeah. can't do anything about it with the now with the Rammy raging. But just FYI, yeah, of course, you know they're keeping their eye on it. 
but it's time for a good fight, and who's going to not just punch a bunch of ruffian yeah. scoundrels and uh, no good duels? Totally. Although two of Quasimodo's men are in the melee as the prosecutor in the fa- in the case that Johnny and Minface McGonty are currently <laughs> on trial for mentions. The dogs single them out, smash their skulls together, uh, coconut style, and uh, send them to the med tent to get patched up, to get picked up later. Uh, by now, the numbers on, on the Riami are thinning out, though it's time to get this show on the road, um, as I assume... As I say all this, the prosecutor's also saying it, which is kind of interesting, but he's mm. saying it in a way that incriminates our buddies instead of them saying it in a way that just sort of is them having fun doing this mission. Sorry, my my uh, notes got lo- a little tricky with my no wordplay. Um, Johnny had, has Middenface punch him, and he gets knocked out of the ring. Middenface is left with the two remaining fighters that seem to be in cahoots, while Johnny gets up and runs for their guns. Oh. He's, uh, I mean, it's real sneaky times. I like that, I like that Middenface... Tries to convince the last two to fight each other first, it's and good. then he'll join in, and then they're like, nope. He's just like, all right, yeah. man, you asked for it. Fine. The prosecutor yells at Johnny for all this, but Johnny Alpha explains the Quasimodo gang were also called the Assassination Bureau, and have over 2,000 hits to their name. When you become the Assassination Bureau, I mean, that's, it's so official that they, you're a bureaucracy. <laughs> Totally. It's I. I mean, I. I'm imagining it's a reference to that uh, mafia thing, uh, murder ain't murder incorporated. Mm. You know, sort of a similar concept, I guess. Yeah. Um. So the other, so the remaining fighters in the Rammy, the masked monk and Heap, try to toss Hidden Face away, but he comes off the rope, lumps first, and headbutts them. Oh man, I I love that he that you know springy ropes, man. It yeah. always helps you. I mean, you know, he literally took advantage of the Irish whip, buddy. You got to be careful. Well, no. <laughs> Minface is Scottish, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I mean, he went in lumps first. Yeah. I just like, I mean, right into the dude's like lower abdomen, upper crotch. Yeah. He headbutts Heap and then tricks the monk into helping him stomp the Heap out. Then Minface <laughs> catches the monk with the old Three Stooges eye poke. And Meanwhile, then a punch to the gut. It's good. Yeah. Johnny's grabbing the guns and Quasimodo thinks he just might know that, Muty. I feel like there's not that many with a Scottish accent and a bunch of lumps on his head, but that seems unique. The Mad Monk won't fall down, so in the end, Minface is forced to grab the unconscious heap and throw him right into the Monk. Nippy sweeties! Oh, uh, yeah, baby. Look who just won. And in that same moment, <laughs> there's recognizing them and just, oh, everything's going to be real well, good I mean, in the moment. I will say one that uh, apparently nippy sweeties is a Glasgow term for an annoying woman or something. I don't know. But what? Um, also, right. now that Middenface is one, he immediately identifies himself as the Tartan Terror, Midface McNulty. <laughs> and Quasimodo's like, hey, I know that guy. But Johnny's there with their gun, and it's bounty hunting time. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Johnny... Johnny draws down on Quasimodo's men as the crowd scatters, and Johnny plugs that hunchback right in the face. Ba-bow! And then it's time to take out the rest, baby. I mean, it's just, ah, it's such a good shot. Yeah, they just gun down the rest of the gang, including Quasimodo's maul when she comes up with a gun. The prosecutor tries to lambast Johnny for this, but everybody knows that those blasts were set to stun, man. Come Come on, on, they aren't maniacs. They were submitted by evidence. Get out of here. And yeah, that's the end of the uh, of the bounty hunting. And all told, they got five million three hundred and twenty thousand credits. Oh uh, yeah, pretty good cleanup. Pretty good yeah, cleanup. We're all, 
We're also getting to the end of the case against them here, the prosecutor arguing entrapment and conspiracy to commit murder, as well as assault and fraud, and plus some drunken disorderly charges for the boys partying after they got all the money from the bounties. (laughs) Normal. Yeah. Johnny comes back um, with his own statement, listing the crimes that all the criminals um, that they arrested had done, and saying generally that they're only being tried here because the government wants to save face after providing a hiding space to so many interstellar criminals. Well, and and taking money under the table from them, you know? They're yeah, paying definitely. them. That's just a fucking racket. Yeah, he also says they won the Rami fair and square, you jerks. We're real good at fighting. We're strontium dogs. <laughs> I say, James, uh, McNulty also <laughs> threatens the jury for good measure, as you do. Yeah. Um, anyway, soon the jury comes back and they find the dogs guilty of drunken disorderly and making a public nu- nuisance. Otherwise, not guilty. Good times. <laughs> Party! That's great, but, man. There's probably yeah. no recourse that's going to happen, right? Yeah, it's bad times when the judges then when the judge then finds them several million credits for those crimes, wiping out all the money they made. Oh what? no! What? What? They uh they head out to the spaceport and Miniface is pretty pissed. But hey, look on the bright side, they got to keep the quarter million credits they made just in the promotion and ticket sales from <laughs> Rami. So good times Sweet. again. Yeah, they got the money, but let's celebrate on a different planet. Yeah, it seems pretty good. Go to that casino barge that they fucking hung out in for a while. Totally. They had a whole, like, uh, like, like blackout montage on that place. It was that awesome. thing was, that seemed fantastic. Just <laughs> yeah. the Mac Mac ran free. Definitely. Flowed forever. Hmm, Mac Mac. The end of the Rammy. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Johnny Alpha will return in February of 1988 with the oh. story Stone Kill. I mean, that's like three episodes from now, I if you know, count the spinnies, you know. That one will feature the return of Durham Red. Yes. I love Durham. Yeah. I like yeah. her. Very uh, sexy vampire, buddy. I'm Listen into up. I'm into a vamp, man. What can I say? Totally. And speaking of people with complicated costumes, Fox. Oh my god. <laughs> Thrill three, Judge Dredd. Oh boy. You know, uh <laughs> Listen, this Oz story is getting real, buddy. I I uh, I mean before we just go in, I feel like, you know, the these Jetta judges or or yes, Jetta. I really do feel like I've seen these both in actual like 1990s action figure toys and mm. in the ones that everybody sort of makes fun of on the TVs. Yeah, yeah, both as real action figures and fake action figures that people yeah. are. Yeah, uh, it's just too many horns. <laughs> Parody. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, let's get to it, all right? Um, Beautiful. Scripture about John Wagner and Alan Grant, art about Brendan McCarthy and Steve Dillon, learning about Tom Frame. That's my framey boy. What's up, yeah. Frame? Yeah, so part seven of Oz, buddy. Chopper's headed over the Pacific, over the Pacific but fuck that. A trio of crazily <laughs> but still judge-esque dudes have just teleported into a tech judge base. What? And they're looking real, uh, real dready. Yeah, they are who were before and who shall be after. They are the disinherited and the inheritors. They are the Judah or Judah or Jetta, whatever. Definitely some with a two Ds. Yeah, I I love the design of these dudes, Fox. Yeah, it's really, like they're. It, it feels very much like Brendan McCarthy doing Jack Kirby, basically. Ooh, like, yeah. I don't know if you know some of Kirby's like his like fourth or a. 
like like new god stuff or like the stuff that mm-hmm. sort of would um in like that a dark side came out of yeah or like uh the 60s kirby stuff where he's doing like a thor and um like had just a crazy techno um what do you call of valhalla and stuff it, it oh. really it lo- looks inspired by that like you just see um you know you see an odin with a crazy ass helmet it's like oh yeah like i can see where the where, where the jedi come from from here that's pretty know? cool yeah so yeah, man, these Jedi, they march in with cool helmets and capes, they got power rod, and they demand to know the location of Judge Brufin. Ooh. And, and uh, man, you no matter how much you shoot them, they straight up shield up with their magic sticks. It's true. And I should say uh Brufin is the UK brand name for ibuprofen, the really? official pain reliever of um, of my family, but whatever. Oh uh, my god, it's my, <laughs> I mean, I'm an ibuprofen Just- boy. Be careful! Don't take it with booze. Anyway, yeah, um, yes, but yeah, you know they they got different brand names for this stuff. And this feels like a joke just because this guy's about to be in a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> the judges try to shoot these pushy jerks, but they got energy fields. Nah, man, these sticks—they magic, or probably yeah. some kind of super not magic. Uh, electro uh, dealies, it seems like. There's yeah, there's sticks. We'll go with electro dealies. Yeah, in uh, in the wet so. The Jutta waste several judges and learn Brufin's location from the computer, teleporting away just as security arrives. I mean, not before straight up making a dude vaporized. Use ibuprofen on that, baby. Seriously. (laughs) Um, At the Whippet's testing range, just Brufin is testing, is awesomely testing this sweet bazooka. Right. When he gets triple teamed. It even does a womp. Yeah, it's awesome. But he gets triple teamed by the Jutta. Not fair, guys. Come on. They zap him with their staves, burning him alive in a full-page picture. That's pretty ridiculous. Oh, God. I mean, he is just both on fire. Well, three things. On fire, melting, and, like, just plumes of smoke coming out of him. He's just changing forms of matter real quickly, mm-hmm. but a couple different ones. One of the Judda grabs his communicator and pretends to be Bruffin, asking for the locations of Judge McNamee, Dredd, and Defoe. It seems uh, very specific that they want to kill just these guys. It's true. The Judda then split up, each taking a target, the leader taking Dread. Meanwhile, Dread is arresting a pair of perps <laughs> when suddenly a figure warps in and starts blasting. In the name of Judda! In I the feel- name of Grud! Yeah, I feel like this guy is going to be real sorry for interrupting a perp bust. <clears throat> Listen, Dredd's real busy. Although this is just another in a long line of like Dredd have Dredd being bothered by something otherworldly in the midst of arresting somebody. <laughs> I mean, we've like, seen it a few times before. Specifically, definitely. an interne- uh, interdimensional being and or a fourth uh, dimensional and- being who just like gives up going to this planet. Yeah, well, well, after he sucked Dredd into an alternate dimension, put him on trial, and then Dredd just kicked the shit out of him, which is pretty awesome. pretty epic. Also, I think that's how what was happening when Dredd was a uh, when a Satan attacked Dredd that one time. Oh, that yeah, that was in an annual. But he, I mean, it's just never a good idea. Just let him do his job. It's very much one of my favorite things where, um, like, some supernatural being drags Dredd off, and he just shouts at the perp he was arresting, like, "Stay there." I will find you if you're right there when I come back. (laughs) So the Judda, who's very tall, blasts the perp by mistake, giving Dredd enough time to act. But it doesn't do much since the Judda's shield seems proof against anything that Dredd can throw at it. Super poopy. But do you know what really, really helps in almost all situations where you're laying on the ground? Well, uh, when the villain starts to monologue, obviously. Yeah, dude. It's called a straight up boot knife. 
He calls Dredd an imposter and that this and that uh, the Judda's time has come to claim what's theirs. Claim this! And Dredd comes up with his boot knife, catch the Judda in the throat. The amount of people he kills with that boot knife, it deserves a fucking medal of its own. That's why he says its name every time it shows up. Boot knife! (laughs) (laughs) Dredd calls... Calls it in as the judge at the tech building investigate the ashen body of Judge Brufin. They it's quickly, looking bad. Yeah, they quickly realize that they gave the positions of the other judges to those dang teleporters. Oof. That's in a not mega, good. Yeah, in a mega city bathroom, Judge Defoe is on the throne <laughs> when a Judda appears and blasts him, which is rough. And we also see the smoking corpse of, corpse of uh, McNamee. Is this, uh, is this the first time we've seen a, a judge taking a poop? I think it might be. Um, Judge, see, everybody poops. We, uh, so, you know, we've seen them sleep before in those like ten minutes oh, for a sure. full night's sleep sleep machine. But I don't think we've actually seen them, you know, relieve themselves. But I guess that's why the jumpsuit zips all the way down there, buddy. You know. Oh, <laughs> I I will say when he's sitting on the pot, he doesn't have the full jumpsuit zipped down. He's sitting that's on there, eagles and all. Ooh. Maybe he's just like hanging out or something. That's weird. I think his I think his pants are down. But maybe like, it's one of those. Maybe it's one of those things where there's like a bottom zipper as well as a top zipper. Oh, I mean, and it's just kind of hidden beneath, you know? Yeah, like yeah, it's just sort of in the uh, in the crotchal area, so you don't really see it. You know, we haven't seen a lot of like ups- upskirt shots of Judge Dredd oh, either. You know? <laughs> I'm grossed out, Fox. We got to stop this. This is this is some toilet talk right here. <laughs> Afterward, the Judda are gone, and the judges can only pick up the pieces. They didn't really leave any real clues behind. Like, they can't, like, trace their, like, what their weapons are made of or the source of their clothes or anything like that. Mm. So it's just too too fancy highfalutin stuff for us. Yeah, it's either, like, high-tech and just homemade or, like, generic and hard to identify. Who could it be? East Meg? A A renegade group of judges, which will be, which are basically all that the judges fight in the year 2019 anyway the teleporter is more mega city than east meg for the record and it's Mm. disturbing one way or another to say the least um a genetic analysis of the judd have come of the dead judd has come back though and it's nearly identical match to several others in records maybe a clone because it matches judge fargo rico and dread (gasps) dread killed his own clone brother Man, they're really like those three specifically who are very interconnected. Yeah. Well, you know, they're all clones, I guess. Oh, so that's fair. Fox, Steve Dillon's back on art. As we cut back to Chopper, this uh, 1,000 Ks out into the ocean. He's. I feeling- like. I like how it stops being a shit ocean and becomes just a regular ocean out there. Yeah, there's no Black Pacific, I guess. Like, you know, we see him feeling real good about his hopeless situation. He knows he'll die, and it's like a load off his mind because he flies out in the clear air. We see dolphins jumping around him and stuff. It's really idyllic out there, actually. They do a whole free willy over him. Totally. Total free willy. Or a... uh, or a uh, Lisa Frank, uh, uh, like Trapper Keeper <laughs> binder. binder. Cover, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Trapper Keepers. Fantastic callback. Um, the battery of his surfboard is at forty percent when he sees a storm blowing in, surrounded by rain, wind closing in. He holds on to his board and dares against the storm. 
Give me, get, get me if you can. Chopper for Oz, baby. Back in the Meg, we check in on Chopwatch. With no sightings for eight hours and a hurricane flying in, it seems pretty bad for Chopper. Although, you know, if it's in the Pacific, it's technically a typhoon. They check in with surfing expert Wipeout Jones, complete with dreadlocks, and he declares Chopper as good as dead. The priest meets up with Dread, who... Um, he's, and he's apparently headed to Oz in a week. If by some miracle Chopper does make it there, he intends to be the one to arrest him. In Oz, there's a sky full of surfers, and we check in with Jug McKenzie uh, filming a commercial for Thunder Chunder Quad X. Uh, it's not really. I mean, yeah. All right. I love how the commercial ends with a burp. Real, real classy. Definitely. As for Chopper, he couldn't give a ruse poo. I like how they put a little bit of uh, of Aussie stank on this one. They definitely spend a lot of time explaining what a ruse poo is in a way that's very insulting to New, Ze- to New Zealanders, which um, Tharg apologizes for, which I thought was yeah, pretty hey, funny. Yeah, hey, man. New Zealand's gorgeous. Yeah, Beautiful. shout out to Where Eagles Dare for sure. Hey, um, boys. Jug ain't care about Chopper because Chopper isn't going to make it to the super surf and let's focus on living racers. Oh, what a dick. Yeah. Meanwhile, Chopper is riding the storm. At least once he gets knocked off his board and barely gets back on, he's still fighting when he sees his powers on the red. He's out of juice. Nowhere to go but down. Chopper stands upon his board and dives. The wind rushes in his ears, almost sounding like the voices of the whole of Mega City 1. Cheer him on. The press is forced to admit that Chopper is dead. The city goes dark in mourning and really good, like, just full black page here almost. It's beautiful. All the lights go off. Meanwhile, Dredd has arrived in Oz where he's met by Judge Bruce. And we get a view of cool of the uh, cool Judge Oz helmet, which is really more of a hat with kind of a built-in uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of into these judges. So happy. Yeah, no, the uh, one, I like that uh, uh, Bruce is sort of a stereotypical Australian name, you know, the Monty Python Australian uh, sketch where everybody's named Bruce. And Mm -hmm. yeah, these guys take it easy, man. Yeah, Um, like they're like, just smile. If you do have to, I love it. I was like, so if you do have to shoot, remember, smile. (laughs) Only joking. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't shoot people, please. Uh, Dread's forced, (laughs) uh, Dread is named an honorary Oz judge, but Warren, they take things a little easier down here than in the Big Meg. Um, Bruce seems to joke around a lot, and we see the differences in law enforcement when a surfer buzzes them, and Dredd shoots a surfer in, a le- in the leg. He's like, dude, that guy's a- he's in competition. He was just doing it for a laugh. Doesn't seem to be laughing now. Oh. <laughs> see, this is why you don't just immediately make Judge Dredd an honorary judge before yeah. you're like, hey, man, here are the ground rules, you know? Yeah, it might be better to put some diplomatic restrictions on him, to be perfectly right. honest. Uh, at the same time, more surfers are arriving in Oz. We see uh, Jean Leplanc, the uh, French chef de surf, Nikolai Stahl from Savblock, Hector and Dave Gonzo from the Andean, Andean Conurb, Cyril Lord Bungay of Britsit, the holder of the All Europa Crown. Dallas Hall, the Tech City, the Texas City Tigress, Swift Uhuru, the uh, Pan African Bullet. Excited to see more Pan African guys in here. Yeah. Steinbeck and Taverly from Mega City Two, lousy beatniks, and <laughs> Ghostman Patel from or uh, Patel from uh, Calcutta. It's ten days to the race and seventeen since anyone's seen Chopper. Elimination heats are held, and of the uh, 200 surfers, only 60 can be in the race. Chopper's mixed, missed the qualifying, so he won't be in the super surf either. 
A memorial service is held for Chopper, wreaths set on a board, then lit, lit a flame and set out to sea. The mm. racers say a few words and the board disappears over the horizon with Dread looking on. Next time on Judge Dread, Storm Rider. That's a pretty that's a pretty badass title for a next time, man. Absolutely. <laughs> what a fantastic Dread everything, by the way. Yeah, I love I I I really like the two parts here, the Judda and and Chopper both being really really interesting and sort of creating an extra lever for this Oz story, you know. Mm. Um I'm really excited to see where we're going to go here in this new faction or whatever. These new bad guys seem pretty interesting, so we're going to get some cool yeah. stuff out of here. And I will I like say it a lot myself. This whole thing's going to have lasting implications on Judge Dredd or Ooh. like there's at least like I feel like there's like three or four total things that are going to be long-term dread stuff that comes out of Oz. Actually, it's actually a pretty oh, important. Me- like it's one of the most important mega epics. Not maybe not in terms of like the story of the epic itself, but mm. just because of things that happen because of it. And like at least one of one of those things we see here, which is just the discussion of the larger dread world out there. This idea of like a a Pan African Union and yeah. Andean guys and stuff like that. All these different. I was I was super places. into it. Yeah, and I just and the first look, of course, at you know what what like this kind of Oceana esque you know mega city life is like. I it's like it's more world building, and I like that. It's really Definitely. giving me some context. Totally, yeah. I always love seeing new judges, you know. So these uh, Australian judges are a lot of fun too. Mm. All right. And speaking of things that oh, uh, that might be less fun, Fox. Oh uh, no! Non thrills, covers, and nerve center. Prog 551 lies, half truths, and incarcerations in a fiery John Higgins cover Ooh, featuring awesome. the flaming corpse of Judge Brufin, as in Judah, with way too many teeth. They're in town! Ooh. Ooh. Wow, that is actually an emphatically large amount. Yeah, I didn't count them, but it seems like there's a bunch. Better to We're... chew my months with, my dear. Whoa, hey, good universe reference, man. Yeah, We're doing baby. It. So we're getting to the end of the year. There's only a, ti- a teeny tiny nerve center this week to make room for a big old speakeasy ad featuring Kano and an ad for Judge Dredd pajamas and dressing gowns. Oh, oh yeah. Ooh, for the, uh, for the, I don't know, gentleman comic book fan. I just like, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to impugn people who were in English in England in like um the in the late 80s but I feel like there was a lot more like just sort of like where like a like people might have still worn like the night get like the Ebenezer Scrooge style night oh, uh night get that's night dress. fantastic with the cap and, like that yeah that that hat with the thing on the end you know what I'm talking yeah, about yeah man like so. I just imagine you know I imagine England is as, as having that kind of thing because I'm a stupid it's American. a real fairy it's a real fairy tale country that's right just sleeping what's left of the day Mm. um anyway the prog ends with a color pinup of bradley sending tharg a thargo fix-it letter sure mostly about his buddy milton because we're going for this milton bradley joke buddy Mm -hmm. all right you got it oh man it's really Um, great i love this low-hanging fruit it's so delicious all i can think and all I could think of really is all the reference is that all of these Jim will fix it references are soured by the sexual abuse scandal against that Jimmy Savile guy, you know? Oh yeah. Real rough. Oh god. It's like it's like any Bill Cosby reference sort of has a tinge to it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I mean, was it you who told me about that? 
Or I feel like I just learned about that recently, and I'm like, oh, oh. I definitely feel like we've talked about it on the show a couple times, just because okay. it's, it's one of those it's one of those cultural things that is in the background of 2000 AD. Like it's something it's a reference that people can make that everyone will get um, in here, but it's it, it doesn't come up a ton. And you know, mm. I like to bring it up because I like to bring up weird shit that I know, like just how I. <laughs> How no one can talk about Captain America or Richard Nixon, and I won't talk about the time that in the comic books Captain America hounded Richard Nixon to suicide because he was the head of a evil uh, oh supervillain organization oh, hey, in 1974. Jesus. You know. Anyway. Mm. Prog 552, a massive Judda stands over Dread, zapping him with electricity in another sweet John Higgins cover. Awesome. Shockingly word free. I love that hand crouch, you know? Definitely. In the nerve center, we learn that the holidays are coming, but don't fear any chill power because oh. Tharg has great stories coming in 1988, including new ABC Warriors. ABC Warriors! Absolutely. There's a picture of Ucko Rules OK and a cruel summer. Ah, uh, get it? Yeah. Letters include a maths teacher confiscating 2000 AD, a suggestion to buy two copies of the comic to be able to cut the coat Oh, come out. on. Do you really? Oh, oh, okay. I thought to like keep keep it from like when no, it gets it's... stolen. I'm like, come on, guys. No, it's not for, or it's sort of for collecting, but it's also saying like, yeah, like you're going to cut this thing up because you're going to like cut out the coupon to send it in and you got to make a wall poster. You just got to, you know, you're doing a lot of stuff with these you comics. Know, just, just buy five. Why not? Always. Listen, keep this thing alive. Um, <laughs> um, oh, there's a concerned troll about Zenith being a cool dude and that hurting the dour legacy of H.P. Lovecraft's work. Buddy, listen, we, th- we got Cthulhu Funko Pops coming. That's going to happen Whoa. with or without 2018. All right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that stuff's getting lightened. Oh, yeah. The prog ends with a preview for the new ABC Warriors. Oh, baby. They're back. And apparently A and B and C are not for their original meanings. No. Action, battle, and carnage instead of atomic, uh, what was it? Bio, bio, uh, whatever. Bio, or yeah, chemical and biotic or something. I don't want to say it's something, whatever. Biology, I don't know. Um, Yeah, anyhow. (laughs) Bio The ABC... Spio something. The uh, <clears throat> the ABCs are coming back to the Prague right after the Spinnies, and they're bringing Simon Bisley with them. It's going to be real crazy. Sweet. And actually, I, it's it's just actually on the same page. It's atomic bacterial chemical. <laughs> ah, bacterial, of course. I don't want to look this stuff up, Fox. It's all right. Um, no, man, I'm looking through this as we're doing it. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I can be of some minor assistance. Fly by the seat of my pants always. Beautiful. Prog Love five, five, pants. Four, five five three Psychodelia. Ooh. Kano is bad company. In a Brent McCarthy cover, once again reminding us that Kano is blue. It's always a weird. Always keep it in mind. It's a weird thing. Yeah. That uh, cruel reprogramming. Ooh. They're after you. There's also a picture of Marlon Shakespeare, complete with a Midsummer Night Surfing, and letters complimenting the recent um, letter to Ernie Future Shock, advice for a personal problem, more com- uh, more compliments for Zenith, and some a- and some questions about Creator's family and if Red Dragon's really dead, buddy. He was just a smoking skull, like that guy's dead. He's dead. Also, a note that all the next progs for Zenith were, or yeah, all the next prog. Uh, 
previews for Zenith were song titles. Ooh. And the prog ends with some uh, with a preview of monolithic changes for 2018 oh, yeah. and 1988. Complete with some 2001 guys in a monolith in the background. Uh, monkey dude. Yeah. It's basically art previews, including uh, David Roach's Purity Brown and Simon Bisley's mm. ABC Warriors, as well as um, uh, very, uh, you know, uh, Durham Red lounging sexily. Yeah. There's also just a list of new titles, including Tribal Memories and Universal Soldier, though that one's not coming. The <laughs> Prague ends with a very nice pinup of Johnny Alpha yeah. Love it. Bright white eyes. Love it. Prague 554. Yuletide Prague. Ring the changes, droids. Which, I mean, appears to be just them chipping at someone's, like, house. Well, we see Th- Tharg ordering a bunch of droids, including Richard Burton, Tom Frame, Barry Kitson, Alan Grant, and John Wagner, to toss the 2000 AD logo. They've chipped it off the wall and oh, tossed it into the, into, the, into the Yuletide furnace. It's because, changing. Yeah, next issue, next episode, I guess after the spinnies, we'll see the new 2000 AD logo. And just to keep up with them, we'll also have a new t- Space Spinner 2000 logo <gasps> to go with it, which what? I'm pretty excited about. Beow, 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 beow. Well, I, I've been I've, I've been waiting to show you this logo, Fox. Oh man, oh, I'm so stoked! God, where did I put it? Oh, you logo! It's in the computer, dog. It is in the computer. Okay, <laughs> check this shit out. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh man, I wish I could just describe this, but it would just be such a crushing. I want that to be a surprise. Yeah, listen, after the spinnies, everybody's going to get it, and you're going to love it. It's acceptable oh, in the it's... 80s. Bang, bang. <laughs> was acceptable in the 80s. <laughs> um, this is fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. <laughs> oh, God. It's... In the nerve center, Tharg is extremely festive for the end of the year. There's pictures of Judge Ronnie uh, Prez mm. and Judge Bradley. Letters ask for ordering back issues, which we don't got. Come where on, the uh where the free chopper was, and uh, some Zenith praise. Also a big ad for something called American Eagle, which seems to be a stage show about the history of American comics. I had a lot of trouble finding it because there's just so many goddamn American (laughs) Eagle things out there, including, like... Comics called American Eagle, oh. which like were just like it's just the 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 well's poison for finding it basically. <laughs> um, so it's just a pro tip: don't uh, don't call yourself American Eagle. Get some originality, man. I mean, Come it's just on. saturated. Yeah, mid prog. There's a full color ad for the Masters of the Universe movie. I Dad mean, Lundgren. Fuck yeah! And as we know, uh, well, first of course, good journey, good journey to you, Conrad. Good journey. Mm. Um, uh, one of the most successful films ever made. It actually <laughs> propelled Dolph Lundgren uh, to amazing heights. And of course, as we know, Frank Langella as the pivotal um, Skeletor, just really the worst part of the film. Definitely not the most entertaining thing. Don't watch it for Frank Langella. Clearly not good at what he's doing. Space Spinner 2000 comes from opposite world here. <laughs> I, I, I will really recommend the movie uh, Electric Boogaloo. Yes. Fox, I think you've seen that one. It's oh, about... God, it's um, so good. It's about the history of canon films, and oh, it's just... <clears throat> it's just really great, you know. Um, they are both... Am- all these guys... Oh, please. Like schlock merchants talk, tossing everything out, picking up on trends, getting things out there. I, I love it. They are both, uh, they were both geniuses and murderers of film. It, uh, it's true. 
It's so, and and of course this movie. I mean, you should if you haven't watched Masters of the Universe, which I guess if you're listening to this, you probably have. And we're of course phenomenally disappointed. This is one of my favorite movies to have people watch to say, "Isn't this bad?" And they're they just <laughs> everyone yeah, laughs a, because uh, it's a great cult movie for sure. I, I'm just saying, like the the pure amount of just like no, they just. Yeah, I you just got to see it to believe it. It's I mean, if you think you're coming in watching He-Man, He-Man, you are not. <laughs> Flying disc scene. That's all I have to say. I think the the funniest thing I learned about it just recently was that they wanted to make a sequel, but it got canceled. So instead, they just used the sets and costumes from the sequel to make the movie Cyborg with Jean Claude Van Damme. Which oh is just such no! A, <laughs> such a canon films kind of thing. Oh like, well, no! Well, we can't afford the license from Mattel, so let's just make it some other schlocky movie. <laughs> oh. That's so fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, next up, there's Bert's Christmas Quiz. 33 questions about the year and thrill power. Sure. Um, I, I got in the uh, top percentile here, Bombo Gasco, genius level, ensure your brain. There's also a page of Sweet 2080 merch from P- Forbidden Planet and a tiny preview of an, up, of, uh, of an upcoming poster series, a t-shirt contest, and the new logo. Sweet. The prog ends with a fun pinup by Liam McCormick Sharp, where Dredd has captured the spirit of Chris, uh, the spirits of Christmas, past, present, and future. The spirit looking fairly Sandman, uh, Sandman mm-hmm. here. Though that's surely just a coincidence, as we're years away from that. But speaking of, uh, oh, sorry, uh, any ad here, Fox? No, uh, no. Okay, I will say. Speaking of otherworldly creatures from beyond the stars, Thrill Four. Nemesis the Warlock. Oh, fuck. Okay, finally. Yeah, baby. Get oh, it God, done. We're, we're really saving the worst for last year. That's right. Listen, oh. trying to live a life here, Fox. I know. <laughs> we got we to gotta get through this delicious sandwich before getting to the, I don't know, poopy crust. Yeah, it's a little pudding cup on the side of this. Oh TV yeah, dinner it's like the little oh 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 little sections to go through. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, script about Pat Mills, art about John Hinklinton, letting about Steve Potter, uh, and still the striking, obscure, confusing art. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hinklinton. Again, it just like. Uh, it's really powerful. That's what I, I would describe it as, I guess. Sometimes like, I don't know what's going on. Sometimes I have a good idea of what's going on, like erupting from your own mouth skeleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really great. But also then it's like, uh, you know, traveling through yeah. at like absolute time, which is a great I mean, I, concept, yeah. by the way. I've I've said this before, like... I really like John Hinklinson the way it is right now, actually. When, mm-hmm. when it's in a prog that's also got, like, some Carlos Sascara, some, like, Brendan McCarthy or Steve Dillon, like, these more sort of grounded, realistic styles to serve as a counterpoint to Hinklinton's uh, 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 crazy artistry, you know. Which when, weirdly fits Nemesis. Yeah. Oh, I think it's a great fit for Nemesis. Um, it's it's when like there's a couple more stories in in the Prague that are also kind of weird and like um, artistically ugly that it becomes like all right like, yeah oh, this is a little too too nineties for me but we'll get oh, there oh no um, book seven the two Torquemadas rolls on 
as the evil Torquemada of the future is tortured by the evil Torquemada of the past, Nemesis the Warlock borrows the chemicals of a local alchemist to do some crazy dimension traveling stuff in exchange for the formula to turn lead into gold. And Levo is just like, yeah, you know, I mean, this is like some base level shit, dude. You sure you don't want to like transcend to different like planes yeah. of existence? Apparently, that isn't nearly as good as transcending existence, which I just say, uh, it's nice to be rich, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nemesis is dropping some is uh, dropping some acid, possibly literally, to I see mean, what's yeah. keeping Thoth from making it, getting here with the murder already. Let's go. And so as he gets high, he goes into absolute time, which is time... That is absolute. I mean, I feel like maybe he's an astrophysicist here. It, it means exactly what it means. Some shit just happens and you can't change it. Absolutely. Now this is Charles, the a- astral plane, and things get pretty crazy. I love the, the art here. Just the page becomes mostly black, with the body yeah. of Nemesis, writing a pentagram kind of thing, like just scratched out of the ink and stuff through mm-hmm. stars and nebulas. It's great. Especially, yeah, I mean, when hits, it goes into that four-armed thing that, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. He hits uh, the absolute time, and he's forced to see into the future and is disturbed to see the end of the tale as who has survived and who wasn't there. Blasting through time, Nemesis grows extra arms and things get real crazy. He's alone in the cosmos. He wishes he could be dumb like the humans to be able to call on the gods for help instead of being a god himself. He eventually finds himself in prehistoric Earth, a time of pure chaos with a K, um, and there finds Thoth chilling with Satanus the dinosaur. Yeah, you know, it's, just, it's time for a vacay. Yeah, apparently uh, uh, the T-Rex is off his food and clearly homesick. So back in the past, we see uh, Satanus hanging out as Thoth looks on. He uh, finds a mate, and Thoth uh, plans that after a few days, they'll travel on to finally deal with that dang Torquemada. He also watches them just, like, get down, you know? Yeah, you know, he's living it up, man. He's having a good time in the past. (laughs) Nemesis is satisfied and heads back to Toledo to prepare for Thoth's coming. Life goes on, even if there is no point. That's the price of being a god. Jeez. And speaking of gods... Dark words. Yeah, uh... Tukamata, that's the uh, Torquemada of the past, is confessing <laughs> his various sins to one, com- or Tukamata is the one from the future, or, or yeah, Tukamata, the Torquemada from the future, is confessing his sins to one Kamada from the past and freaking the priest out. Yeah, he's like, oh, jeez, you're real bad, bud. Yeah, he's sure that two is the most evil man that ever lived, and two agrees, but only because I learned from watching you, dad. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> Two confronts one that his actions, while while wrapped in, pie, in piety, are in fact pretty cruel and evil when you sort of just lay them out, like, you know, one to one. And bro, you ain't doing it for no super Jesus and your yeah, dumb religion. You're just doing it because you're a weird fucking dude who wants to hurt people a lot. Absolutely. One suffers a brief crisis of faith and then gives in. He frees two and breaks down weeping on the floor, unable to understand the massive evil of his crimes. And one dons the cape of uh, being a super evil. Absolutely. Meanwhile, future Torquemada is quickly sworn in as the new Grand Master of the Inquisition. Yeah, you know, tears for fears and all of that, but it's better to not cry, I guess. I It's just so quick. Uh, how much they just accept this guy, which sort of just says, like, sadism rules the day. I certainly wasn't expecting this. (laughs) 
That's the one. That's the oh one I'll do. Oh, my God. I love you so much right now. <laughs> back in the ancient times, Thoth is considering Satan- is uh, considering forcing Satanus to come back to the future with him. But in the, in the end, decides not to. Over some pretty awesome image of Satanus just killing other dinosaurs and ripping the hell out of them, we learn that Thoth has become tired of violence. I mean, sure, he's going to go kill Torquemada, but he doesn't need a dinosaur to do that. Nah. Instead, he leaves Satanus behind, putting away childish things, and goes to meet his destiny as Satanus, the undefeated, is once again master of the time of chaos. I mean, you know, just like stick a bookmark there because we're pulling that guy out later of the time stream, I'm guessing. (laughs) I mean, I forget what actually happens with Satanus, but we are going to be dino-free for a fair amount of uh, of Nemesis. I mean, we've had a lot of Satanus. I mean, I, I do not mind... No, I always appreciate it just because it is one of these links to other parts of 2000 AD. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like he is this character that does link 2000 that that does link Judge Dredd with Nemesis, for instance, right. and and, and uh, uh, um, flesh, and flesh, yeah, of course, oh, beautiful. Just you know, and, 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 and I like ABC that warriors, which I guess is yeah. linked also to Nemesis. Well, I mean, they're they're explicitly because they're in there too. But you know, just like this, the uh, the net of a shared universe that Pat Mills carries a torch for that no one else is really interested in doing at this point in two thousand. Fantastic. So, Torquemada of the future Torquemada's in control of the Inquisition, and he gets his stuff brought in. Sweet suit of armor and an even sweeter mm-hmm. chain sword. No, oh, Mike, getting... is this is this the first? Oh, go ahead. Uh, is this the first time chain sword? I can't, you know, I didn't really look up the history of the chainsword generally, but I feel like it is. Yeah, which means like, uh, hey, you know, yeah, what's we're up? extremely what's up, Warhammer forty thousand in yeah. here for sure. Um, we, you know, because I feel like the eighties is, is peak chainsaw a lot of like just oh, from, from horror yeah, movies baby. and stuff like that. So turning that into a sword, you know, giving it a handle that you can sort of swing it with easier seems like the next big step. Mm. Um, yeah, he tested out. He uh, it's it, it is indeed a chainsaw with a cool handle. Got to live it up. He's also <laughs> got a nose patch for his gross nose hole, which I really yeah. appreciate. He's set a trap and is salivating at the t- at the thought of it. Oh, yeah, and it's real gross looking at him do that. Yeah, we see the massive image of what I believe is the is the Toledo Cathedral. Like it, it's hard to tell between the Hinklinton and like what the evil <laughs> version of things are and stuff like that. <laughs> As Nemesis and Purity begin their plans, tracking uh, past Torquemada on his daily routine through the streets of Toledo, at one point he seems to have less guards, though Nemesis warns that they're all probably still heavily armed, including Torquemada himself. The The pair rappel down from the rooftops, knock over some barrels, and attack the priest and his guards. Oh, and they are having a bad time. Yeah, the guards are quickly defeated, and Nemesis grabs past Torquemada. The priests yelling for help in Spanish as they make their escape. Socorro! Oh, God, please don't put me in the middle of your pentagram. <laughs> He's quickly gagged and taken back to the alchemist's abode, where they draw a magic circle around past Torquemada, and Nemesis bristles at being called a demon instead of an alien. Hey, it's come time. On, bud. Yeah, it's time for some sweet dark magic. And I love dark magic, Fox. It's got way more cocoa than milk magic, you know? Oh, right. You know, it's just so rich. It's a little bitter, but, you know, really, yeah. it, it has that perfect flavor that you're looking for when you're uh, casting some eldritch spells. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit more grown up, I think, than uh, than milk magic, which is more sort of for kids. You know, their, their palates haven't developed enough. Exactly, right? I mean, it's on your yeah. way, but... 
<laughs> so the alchemist, who's a total gold junkie now, asks Nemesis to do mo- some more transmogrification for him. He's probably sl- stripped lead off half the roofs of Toledo by now Jesus. and spent it all on booze. Uh, Nemesis you do. S- sends him off. He's busy because he's planning to summon Thoth and use the magic circle to reason with him. Do you like how he tells him that, like, hey, come back in a few days. I'll make enough gold to fill Fort Knox. And I'm like, what? The- he's not going to know what that is. I'm surprised Nemesis knows what it is. That's know. pretty fair. Like, how, how's he supposed to know about, like, from the era of termite about um, Kentucky-based gold reserves from 10,000 years ago right. or whatever? And, and as we both know, not even the largest gold reserve based on uh, the facts that I know from Die Hard. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there's a Federal Reserve one. Plus, later it became the tomb of the last president filled with oh, vampire right. um, medroids and stuff like that. Come you on, know. man. President Booth, we're like 900 frogs away. Anyway, um, can't talk about it. Don't actually know what's going on. I haven't read those ones. <laughs> um, so soon the young warlock is breaking through the walls of reality straight into his father's trap. And he kind Largely, of knows what's up. Yeah, I mean, largely a narration. We we see father and son reconcile. Now it's just explaining um, that he wants to make up the lost years and the death of Chira, Thoth's mother. In the end, Thoth realizes how much his father cares for them, and they share a gross demonic embrace. Aww. Oh, that's um, so sweet. I Nemesis guess. gives Thoth a knife to kill Torquemada, but the young warlock drops it. Whoa. <sighs> I'm not going to kill him. Purity Brown sexily calls Fi on this. Like, not the old, he's not worth it cliche. I, and she, I Yeah, I love that. And Because this dude, definitely worth it. Um, <laughs> instead, Thoth pulls out the equally hoary cliche of uh, killing him is what he wants. Instead, we'll let uh, him live, knowing that, that a demon spared him. I guess, man. Just kill that dude. Yeah, um, just kill the dude. Yeah. But this does seem to mollify Purity and Thoth also agrees to reverse the black hole process and prevent Earth and the surrounding galaxy from being destroyed. All the right, three, all's well that ends well. Yeah, the three walk away hand in hand, seemingly happily. Thoth will be a good warlock in the future, Father. Mm-hmm. But it's a little too late for that. It's, it's Dorkamata! He's just looking real gross. Next time, Chain Sword Massacre. Oh, awesome. Well, that's just a great name for things. Yeah. Weird sequel to Cat Scratch Fever, maybe. Oh, oh <laughs> that's great. No, but I th- um, I will say, man, I'm really, I, I, I am really digging this one, this uh, story. Hell yeah, dude. It was great. Like, I will say that um, H- Hinklinton's art is, again, it's really divisive, and I think mm. it can be a, a barrier to entry sometime. Sure. Sometimes. But if you give it a chance to really kind of check it out, um, I think that it really adds something to this story and does a really good job of making Nemesis and his uh, chaotic magic seem really alien. Yeah. Also making Torquemada seem really like evil and gross. You know. Like yeah, exactly. I, like, I suppose yeah. like if you if you enjoy any of the art or all of the art that Slain's had, I mean, you've seen some gross, weird neck, slobbery garbage before. So yeah. I feel like. Like, it's not too much, or at least for me, it wasn't so much of a leap to be like, oh, I get what they're doing here, and this is really great. It was very off-putting at first, just because you're like, whoa, like, yeah. it is different. But it's but I different think it's very much the, uh, the like, 
Yeah, it's the uh, cool, like, experimental stuff that I think really goes hand-in-hand with Pat Mills' writing, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he's very much an author who, like, under his banner, we get a lot of really cool stuff coming in to the comic, which I think is really great. And just sort of, you know, something that we can look for from, you know, this creator and and the teams he chooses for his work, you know? I I mean, I think it's hard for both writer and artist and letterer to come together in such a way where it's fucking, you know absolutely fucking great um mm-hmm. and you know like this is one of those things yeah which i feel Definitely. like punctuates 2000 ad totally Speaking unlike of, what uh, we're about to talk about yeah things that i'm um um i'm less excited about i guess it's thrill five bradley okay well let's rip that band-aid off real quick uh, sorry to all you out. like super bradley fans out there I feel I'm kind of bummed that I don't like Bradley more <laughs> as I'm reading through it. I just it doesn't do it for me. I guess no. like it's just um sorry, that's guys. a bummer, and I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah. Script robot Alan McKenzie, art robot Simon Harris, and lettering robot Annie Hafakree and John Aldrich as Aldrich three. I will say the art is compelling. It's just like the the art, and it's like just a shit child, and then like just <laughs> weird These writing, youths. and I don't know. That's just not my thing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so so uh, alien Sprog Bradley is cruising the streets on his hover trike when he comes upon Doctor Diablo's shop of interesting things, and inside is a crazy chrome tutor. Woo! Which all right, sweet. I think it's a, like a like a horn for his trike. I think sure. He begs his mom to buy it for him, and she agrees. But they have to go to the bank to get the money, and we then cut to Judge Dredd at the <laughs> bank. Bradley hassles a dude writing a robbery note and then offers to beat his robbery gang. That doesn't a, really work out. Yeah. A crucial distraction causes the alarm to go off and the robber takes Bradley hostage. The cops have the place surrounded, but eventually the crook sur- surrenders rather than having to spend more time with Bradley. Oh, geez. Oh, he's such a shitty kid. Yeah. Um, next, it's a Bradley Christmas Carol with two Ks. And it's and- rhyming. Which is yep. better than not rhyming, I guess. I feel like we're going to have more rhyming Bradleys as time goes by, oh, as I recall. Oh, oh, um, cool. He's searching the house for hidden uh, Christmas gifts. He can't find anything, and his parents say to wait for Santa and to be good. Bradley writes a crazy list full of weapons and stuff, including Emma Peel and bits of grit. He okay. then devises a trap to catch Santa. Soon, it's all ready, and as the evening continues, he actually manages to catch old St. Nick. Hooray! But I guess it's like a St. Nick, you know? Yeah, who's to say? Uh, Bradley will return in Prague 606, a year of Prague's from now. Big oh. hooray! Oh my god, thank god. I, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know how many hardcore Bradley fans there are out there. This is not a DR and Quinch, which I guess is not to discredit this as being thing, I just, I'm not, I'd like, I, I get what they're putting down, like, oh, man, dim youths and being, like, I guess, yeah. weird, crazy counterculture, but it's not hitting me in the same way as I feel like DR and Quinch were a like... joke about counterculture, but on yeah. the nose enough to where it got counterculture. I mean, it definitely comes back, and there's going to be a lot of it, so I feel, or a fair amount, I guess. So I feel like the, it, it is uh, reasonably popular, and we'll definitely sure. see. And like the Bradley-like mode or a model does become does become a lot of fan art. Like we're definitely going to see a lot of Judge Bradleys, a lot of Strontium Bradleys, a lot of Rogue Bradleys, or whatever huh. else over the years. So it hits um, some kind of zeitgeist. Maybe it's just yeah, not mine. I, 
Def, yeah, I will say, like, I don't know, like, looking over 2000 AD, like, uh, Facebook groups and stuff like that, I don't see a ton of Bradley in 2019, but who's to say? Uh, again, this is one of these ones where I'm kind of down on it, and I'm worried that that's both influencing you and that people will be angry about oh, me Oh, no, I mean, I, well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But I'll be honest. I mean, I... I saved it to, despite it coming up kind of early on and in, in mm-hmm. um, the second prog that we read, uh, like, I, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, fuck Bradley. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not you. It's just like, it's the way it looks and the tone of the whole thing that really, it's, I'm just like, uh Whereas you can look at something as crazy as Nemesis and as crazy as it looks and be like, fuck yes. Yeah. So I don't, I think it's just a matching of the style and tone, yeah. I guess. I mean. Yeah, I, I I think the counterpoint is that I don't think Bradley's been collected anywhere, which might be a telling detail, but I don't oh. know. We'll, we'll see as time goes by. Um, and speaking of, uh, int- of uh, you know, possibly interesting things that were sure. tossed in the back of the episodes, Fox. Yeah. Thrill 6, Future Shocks. Hey, it's a thing about a robot that mm. then does those robot things. First story. Train. Uh, script about Alan Hebden, art about Massimo Bellardinelli, letting about John Aldrich is the Aldrich Three. And sad times here, as this is the final work by Alan Hebden in a oh. 2000 AD. He's a stalwart writer, writing a ton of future shocks as well as other like one-off things. Mm. He also wrote uh, Death Planet, Return of the Mean Team, and uh, Meltdown Man. So you oh. know. Um, well, two for one for three ain't bad, I guess. It's true. Yeah, I feel like his 2000 AD tenure might not be the great, might not mark him as the greatest writer, but you know he's still out there. He writes a lot of stuff for, um, like, for Eagle and Commando, even to this cool. day. And he um, wrote a bunch of like of stories in other publications. Like he wrote a, a really cool thing with Carlos Escara called Major Easy, and a bunch Ooh. of other stuff that's just sort of not in 2000 AD. Like this is not his greatest accounting's not here; it's elsewhere in British comics. I mean, it just might this might not have been his creative outlet, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I and it is a bummer that his recent stuff, especially, has been really poor. You know, I got fond memories of Meltdown Man. Oh hell but, yeah. Uh, Return a mean team and some of these future shocks. Ooh, Oof, not that great. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's a. Uh, this is a long ass future shock. Also. Oh yeah, to- which is a fucking cardinal sin in my mind. I'm sorry. Yeah. I we, know well, they're I mean, filling pages, especially when it's the difference. But like, this is just kind of a like year end page filling more than. Mm-hmm. An actual earnest future shock like that, and you'll game and when we got in a fight. Oh a couple yeah, episodes yeah. Ago. My- um, <laughs> but so we meet Thule. He uh, he's a robot who guards the Earth headquarters of Train, the Terran Revenge and Interdiction Nexus. Through Train, humanity is fighting a long war with the Drondo, gross aliens that, after the tide of war turned, started infiltrating human bases with what are essentially alien chestbursters. Great. Eventually, human found humans found ways to detect the Drondo, but, but no, wait, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, they found ways to overcome those ways of finding. Eventually, only brain scans could detect the aliens. Uh, <sighs> then, after a pause for Judge Dredd, we learned that Thule's job is to wander around executing anybody with Drondo brainwaves, then wiping out their friends, families, neighbors, and associates just in case. Soon, <sighs> it seems Thule has wiped out pretty much all of humanity, and that'll show those bugs a lesson. Great. <laughs> I have Live nothing to say about this, man. It's, it's just fair. 
Uh. Next up, ah, oh, good one pager. L E D. Which I didn't get until I scanned it over again. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. Script robot Win Win Wyacek, letting robot uh, Hugh Hu to, uh, Tom H U W. I don't know, guys. Uh, Thomas, letting robot Jack Potter. One pager here. The Star Mangler Patrol or Platoon is about to fly out to do a mission. Their officers getting them psyched up. It's time to LED locate the enemy, engage the enemy, then devastate, destroy, destroy, destroy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no. Uh, Always be closing attention, interest, no. decision, action. But it's no. fine. Always be closing, Fox. They <laughs> oh. fly out, and only then do we see that they're aboard a cosmic broadcasting Confederation ship, and these guys are all just sort of performers, like play, doing a war show. Yeah, just, uh, you know, remember, shoot anyone fighting during station breaks. You got to keep and, it all uh, on camera. And third prize is you're fired. Final story <laughs> is uh, The Invisible Man. <laughs> Script oh, robot yeah. Mike Collins, art robot Massimo Bellardinelli, letting robot Mark King. Can you guess what I'm docking this one for? Ooh, it's longer. Uh, March 15th, 2134, Alan Long comes home to find a different family living in his apartment. They've been assigned it after City Comp realized it'd, be, it'd been empty for 14 years, which is as long as he's been living there. Well, hey, that's weird. Long's ID card won't let him make a phone call or catch uh-huh. a cab mm-hmm. or even get into his office. Oh, he's, that darn technology is really fucking with me right now. He's forced to sleep rough at the train station. The next day, heads to the Hall of Records where he learns that his record has been erased because of a computer error. So he could just do whatever I want, I guess. Yeah, in this, in this future, it means that he's basically a non-person because he's invisible to all technology. But that also drove him insane. We see him walking around the future, stealing stuff with basically no recourse until he's caught by a human police officer. I mean, I feel like you could still have conversations with people. I agree. Like, you think, like, you could at least talk to, like, whoever you worked with, even if you don't have any any family or friends. Not to mention that this would make you, like, an expert thief of things. Well, I, just, mean, I, I just don't buy it. The thief stuff very much seems like the uh, the store is looking for people to have credit chips and tracking them. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine if it's all computers, like, um, working the registers and security and stuff, they just sort of see the food, like, floating out of the store. They're like, oh, that's weird. I'm not programmed for what happens when that happens, so I'm just <laughs> let it go. Yep, just going to skip that. It's only when he decides to smash a window and snag some jewels that he gets caught doing any. I, I mean, even so, he just walks in front of a gun. Yeah. So, so they take him downtown, and he doesn't have a record, so the very G. Gordon Liddy-looking police sergeant issues him a John Doe. In the end, he's in future prison, but hey, it's not so bad. He's got a few... Ju- uh, food and shelter, and he's finally visible again. Bah, bah, bah. I resigned from the human race, and this is all I got, buddy. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's a visible man reference. Proc six so, coming at you. Oh my god! <laughs> or episode. No six. one's gonna get that. Listen, people. Get actually, it. it's a good, fun. A good amount. A good amount of people are gonna get that. Actually, yeah, come on. Got these deep cuts. Got to get it. True. Get in there. That's good. Steal! Oh, you know that was his downfall. He didn't just like terrorize a wedding and like eat a bunch of cake and drink booze. (laughs) Yeah, just house cake and drink champagne from the bottle. That's my plan. Fuck yeah, dude! Look at it go through my guts. I'm crazy. (laughs) Check it out. Look at that. Well, you probably couldn't. uh, You couldn't see through the actual guts. Whatever. Anyway, Fox. (laughs) (laughs) It was just his translucent skin. Oh my god! I know. I know. I know. I know. Let me guess. Oh, I'm Conrad. I'm gonna ask you about your top and bottom thrills. 
That's right. Also, I think his <laughs> muscles were transparent. I think. Oh I don't yeah, know, but, no, it had yeah. to be as it had to because you just saw his guts. Cause you, yeah, because you could see his guts, but you and his bones, but you couldn't. So it just see. didn't get deep enough. That's the problem. Mm. Like I feel like we're probably doing a disservice to that thrill by really trying to figure out the science of it. Like a common I'm d- well, I'm man. just saying, like, hey, if you're gonna try the Invisi serum and make someone invisible, I mean, the first couple of tests are gonna be a little weird, right? Fox, it's the end of 1987. I need oh. to know what your top and bottom thrills for this final <laughs> month were. Jeezy Pete, man. Uh, this one's real hard. Uh, no, it's not. Wait, top goes to fucking Judge Dredd. Are you kidding? Chopper yeah. for Oz and Judda, baby. Like, that shit was great. And I mean, I gotta throw out my special mentions here, right? We're talking yeah. about our strontium dorgs. We're talking about our narmesis. And of course, you know what? I'm even gonna give a little special mention to my boys in bad company. Great work, guys. You're doing okay. Uh, and in terms of just a bottom man, like, I mean, should I just say, like, everything else? Is that (laughs) fine? Because I feel like that's all encapsulating. Just everything else that wasn't that. So, Bradley and the Future Shocks, basically. (laughs) That sounds like the worst band ever. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's it. I did not, uh, well, you know what? I am gonna do a tip of the hat, um... Mm -hmm. Uh, to only one future shock, which now I have to scroll through and find because, of course, I didn't. Re- okay, to uh, oh, they didn't even fucking bother to name it. That's horrible. It's called LED on Barney, but yeah, really. Okay, not- so LED, LED. I give a tip of my hat too because it's over and done with, and it's a cute joke, and I got it, but only after the second reading. But that's acceptable. It hit all <laughs> of the marks of what I expect from a future shock. It's okay to be stupid. It's okay to be a stupid mm. story if you're short. It's even better to be a clever story, which this was, and it's even more better in a single page uh, to to be really great. Ultimately, yeah. I mark you off for points if you are a tiny alien story. I mean, that's just like bottom of the pile, or if you go past two pages. That's just, mm. mm-mm, no. That's fair, anyway, I guess. I, yeah, I see it. <laughs> I, listen, I have stringent I'm not down you. I agree. So you, no, it's fine. You are shaming my thrill, future thrill shock. God damn you. I would never do that. It's only, I, know. I just try to stand up for something that I think is decent when you say it's not decent. <laughs> when it's things that I don't think, when, I, when it's things that I don't think are decent, then I have no skin in that game. Well, you um, know what? You know what I do care about? I mean, I care about you. I also, I mean, I care about your pants. You're constantly flying off the seat of them. But you know what? I really need to know, man. Um, Do you have top and bottom thrills this final month? I'm not even wearing pants to fly off the seat of them. That's great. I'm I'm also not wearing pants for the record. Live it up. I mean, I guess I'm wearing pants in the British sense because I got different terms. (laughs) High five. Anyway. This is great. (laughs) Top thrill. I'm going to join you on Judge Dredd, man. Fuck. Love that yes. Dredd. The Judd is showing up and blowing shit away and that um, was really great and just adds another layer to this coming story, which I think is really awesome. Right. And uh, then um, just like the... Uh, both Chopper going into the storm was a really great one-section yeah. story. And then the fallout and just the city in mourning was also really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I love both those parts. Um, so, really great Judge Dredd. Like, I'm, you know, like, I feel like Oz is kind of considered a lesser mega epic to the ones really? we've seen so far. Well, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, it's not, like, giant so far, right? I think it's got a. It's on a different tier than uh, the ones we've seen, than, than the four we... Than the four, or that that than most of the ones we, we've mm. seen before, like uh, Cursed Earth, uh, Judge Cal, um, Judge Child. Those are sort of the top mm. ones. 
I feel like Oz might be then come uh, Oz and maybe like Apocalypse War might be in there, and then City of the Dam sort of at the you know that that's oh, the low I mean, tier City of the uh, yeah. Mega Epic. yeah you really but, got um, it. I mean that's a low bar to not. Yes, yeah. but I'm liking Oz a lot. Like I think this one's real fun. I like the character of Chopper here. Um, yeah. I really like these new villains, the the Judda showing up, and um, just a chance to see uh, to, to see Oz and check out other parts. Judge Dread World is all going. It's always good when they world build, man. It's fantastic. Yeah. But um, for my bottom, I'm gonna say uh, I guess I'll, I'll we'll have solidarity and I'll join solidarity you with Bradley. Don't like Bradley I, that much. I feel Sorry, guys. I feel so strong right now. I feel how solid we are, and I hope you guys at home feel how solid we are. We're hey, pretty solid. We're sort of we're sort of running through the finish line of 1987, holding hands as we cross the tape. At the yeah, same I time, mean we've. You know? I I'll be honest, we've been pretty solid most of this year. We have not, I mean, I yeah. think at the beginning of it, we might have had some amount of derision, but so far, like, I can't think of anything recently where we've just been, for this year at least, just been completely argumentative about something. Yeah, I mean, this is something we, could, we should definitely talk about um, next episode in the Spinnies, but 87 really feels like this year that's got the very specific, like, this one's gonna, th- this is the big story for this, mu- for this month yeah. of this section of procs, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that really like um, has some interesting stuff, and also some 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 clear whipping boys as well. Though we might not talk about that <laughs> on the spinnies. I, like, I like to keep those. Uh, yeah, we got to keep those. We got to keep those light. There's, yeah. I mean, there's no there's no worst category. You know what I mean? De- yeah, I, I would I would not like to talk about that. Honestly, no. like that's just sort of no, no fun. No, no. And so I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums, or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. We're at Space Spinner 2K. Everything else, Space Spinner 2000, you'll find us there. Sweet. And, yeah, with 1987 done, Fox, it's time <gasps> to once again reflect on the year and thrills, give out some golden frisbees, and that's right, it's time for the spinnies. Let the golden disco ball descend as I, we walk out in our golden sequin suits and start busting out some funky jams and possibly some new wave. So much gold. Um... So we're, we're, I'm going to put these out on Monday in the place of a, of a regular prog episode just so we have time to collate people's picks. So Ooh. please send them in to me. I'll be making uh, social media posts and stuff. But if you got picks for the best stuff in 1987, I would love to hear it. We're looking for best art, writing, overall thrills, favorite month of 1987 or favorite month of progs of 1987 or like annual or something like that. It's ju- There's been some great stuff this year. I'm excited to hear what everybody thinks about this stuff it's pretty good stuff it's not bad stuff and then come back in two weeks as we begin our (sighs) coverage of 1988 things are going to get real heavy real quick in a lot of these stories and i'm super stoked about it okay okay good until then i'm conrad he's fox and we are (laughs) (laughs) 